You want my gun? Come kiss me for it. But not like right away. Don't be too obvious with it. Let's do that thing where we our faces get close to each other. And you know it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. You just stare at each other's lips. But you're waiting for the right signal to give yourself over to them completely. If you want my gun, come spank me for it. Not like not, not like too hard, but like like still hard, you know? Like, like, like hurt me, but make me feel safe at the same time, you pussy liberals. Oh yeah, my favorite podcast. The Sick and Wrong Podcast Cause it's a very good podcast Oh yeah Yeah, 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 yeah It's a funny, 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 funny show Sick and Wrong Podcast Is a wonderful podcast It's a Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, D. Simon. Uh, this week, special guest host is Ozzy Tyler. Thank you very much for having me back on the show, D. It's great to be here. It's been a while since I've had you on uh, the show. Yeah. I haven't seen you in a while. Well, it's been why, months. Why is that? Has something been going on? Like, have we shut anything <laughs> down for a There's reason? There's this thing going on right now. Oh, there is? Yeah, okay, that's good so to I know. I don't know if you, know, if you noticed that. But, uh, but it's good to have you back here in the studio drinking Fosters like a normal Australian. Exactly. You, yeah. you did provide Fosters again. <laughs> it, it's been such I a dark year. I feel at home. Yeah, you know? I appreciate that. Yeah, and yeah. it's been such a dark year. I'm not allowed back home. So, you know what? This is, this is really good for me. I appreciate it. I was wondering about that. I was going to ask you about how uh, pandemic life is treating you. Like, have you been been able to go back to Oz, see um, the folks? I'm actually not allowed back in Oz because America is on like the do not fly um, list. But, like, you're, but you're an Aussie I'm, national though, I'm right? also an American citizen. So it's actually this weird thing. Uh, one of my friends who lives here, who's now moving back to Australia because Australia's done the whole come back uh, if you're abroad thing. Um, it was like, no, you're a dual citizen. Like it's really expensive to get back to Australia. You have to go, like flights are insanely expensive and then you have to quarantine for two weeks. Oh, yeah, you're not a, that 14 day yeah, quarantine. And yeah. then there's all these other rules and regulations that you Fuck. have to sign saying that you're not leaving, blah, blah, blah. He was, he was explaining it to me and I was sitting there going, Oh, fuck off. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, we work with this engineer that's, uh, she, she works uh, remote in Australia mm. and uh, she's been working there for a while. So when this all happened with the uh, pandemic, they locked it down. Like Australia yeah. was serious about it. They're like, we're cutting off no tourists. Yep. You know, no one's flying in and out of here and we're shutting it down. And I think they, didn't they get the cases down to like five or six? Yeah. And then they reopened and I think they're in the middle of the second wave and they oh, tried to back. do a strict lockdown again, but people have, or you can't really lock people down and then release them and then and go like, oh, we're going again. back on lockdown. Only and in China. Only in China. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Depending on, you know, where you're from. Um, but yeah, so I've, I've been trying not to pay too much attention to it because I was talking to my mum the other day and she was explaining to me like, oh, it's, it's a shame. We've got this many cases, blah, blah, blah. This many people have died. She's like, we've lost like 200 people, Tyler. You don't understand how bad it is. And I was like, today? Like, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Not that it's a competition, but we're fucking winning over here. Okay? Yeah. It's like, we've lost 200,000. Yeah, nice okay? try. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, no, and flying is fucking weird right now. Have you done it? Have you flown I, anywhere? I haven't left, no. Yeah, I went to uh, Zagreb, Croatia last month, and uh -huh. it was fucking weird. 
Like, I mean, it, airports? Like, how's that even work? Do, do you, you know what's, what was bizarre about it? It's like, so it's a, you know, it's an international flight and you're supposed to get to the airport three hours early. So, you know, I like, I get my lift, I get to the airport. Fucking took me less than a half hour to get to LAX from here, yep. which is unheard of. Yep. And then when we get to LAX, you know how normally you have to drive like 45 minutes through the roundabout to get to, to, get your, to uh, gate the Tom or to your terminal whatever. or whatever? Yeah, 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 Tom Bradley, the yep. international. I get there and it's like, I don't know, five minutes because there's just no one there. And we walk in, took me like the check-in, get through security, I don't know, 15 minutes. Holy just, shit. And I'm, I walk to my gate and I'm like, wow, I'm like fucking three hours early. So then I just sat and drank at the bar, get on the plane. There's no one sitting next to me. There's no one four rows in front of me or four, four rows behind me. Did they make you wear a mask yeah, for the, the entire, entire flight? Yeah, the entire flight. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you're not sitting next to anybody. Yeah, there's no so, one there. I guess it just because of recycled air, they're just like, just keep your mask on, maybe? I'd, I think it's just their, you know, that's just their The illusion their of security or whatever. Or whatever rules. Yeah, then yeah. they want you to do it. Although, I, so I brought like an N95 mask. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to be serious about this. But then when I was sitting there, I'm like, God, there's like no one within like 10 feet of me. So I just kind of used a regular cloth mask because it's yeah. more comfortable. But yeah, it was fucking weird. And so then on the way back, get back to LAX, it took me, I don't know, 20 minutes to get through customs. Jesus. Just no one's no one's there. So like flying is not that bad. Yeah, because no one's doing it. You yeah. remove all the bullshit of travel. Like I mean, it's yeah, it's like LAX is kind of an enjoyable airport, <laughs> you know. And, which I've never would have said this, but yeah, right now it is. But you said you went to the bar, right? What was it like drinking at a bar in the airport you had during to stand a pandemic? There. You had to stand there. Like uh, the guy let me. Like it was all blocked off. There were no stools. You could just stand there, but you're supposed to get a drink and go to one of your socially isolated tables. Right. <laughs> it was like the whole thing's fucking weird. Same same in Europe. You know, Europe uh, was it was the same way. Although I did notice on the way back, the thing that they kind of talk about in British Airways just kept canceling my flights because they're like COVID. It's like fuck you. <laughs> that they didn't book enough seats. Yeah, like, they didn't book enough seats. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, we can maybe book on a flight for next week. I'm like, fuck you. I need to get back. So I had to like get an emergency flight on Croatia Air, which I probably won't fly again. Then to Switzerland and then Switzerland to London. But that flight from in Zurich to London was like just filled with Jews, like Hasidic Jews, like like everybody on there. And I'm like, this is weird. I never would have thought about it. We should not all be on the same path. Where are we, Where is this train? I mean, where is this plane going? Well, th- those motherfuckers also don't care about masks either. Oh, of course. Like, they're, so they're yeah. just like sitting there, mask pulled down, like chatting. And I'm like, I'm wearing my N95 mask here. <laughs> yeah, I would as well. I've become really COVID. paranoid about that as well. Because I went through phases. Like I, I remember like early January, I was like, oh, you Americans are overreacting. Like settle it's the fuck hoax. down. It, Listen, not, I, I, I was never, it's I'm a confident hoax. in our, in our fearless orange leader. <laughs> <laughs> never went that far. <laughs> but I was just like, oh, people are just, you know, they're playing too much into the media. They're getting too afraid. They're overreacting. And then after a couple, oh, a couple months and unfortunately a couple people I knew passed away, I then took it like, I went too far the other direction, way too serious of like, I'm not leaving the house. I'm spraying down groceries when I have them delivered. I was like, I've got my Lysol wipes. (laughs) I didn't hoard toilet paper. That one I never understood. Um, and then like, you go into glory holes instead of having regular sex. Exactly. Like I've been doing that for a while. It's just like, I don't want to meet the person. Like, and you live in West Hollywood. Exactly. It was really easy to get laid. Um, (laughs) 
But then, like, I've only recent, or not recently, the last couple of months, once we've been allowed to start going back to work, kind of relaxed a little bit and done the whole, like, no, I still want to live my fucking life. I don't want to be locked in playing video games 24-7. Cause I, like, first couple of weeks of quarantine, I was getting shit faced. I was getting wine delivered to the house. And then I was drinking I do. <laughs> two or three bottles of wine a night while playing video games. I'd have a day off drinking because I was so fucking hungover. And then I'd start over again. I'm like, no, 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 this is this is too much. Well, have you been furloughed? Like, have you been working? Um, I started back working in June when production, because I now work in production. When film pr- production, Yeah, right? film production, yeah, yeah. yeah. So once we started working again, um, I was able to get you know, different positions here and there. Well, everything had been shut down yeah. like, since March. And but, I think it's just opening up back now. Like the studios are back yeah, in operation. Well, it also helps that the governor's wife is DGA. Um, oh, I didn't know that. that that's one of the rumors Newsom's I've wife? heard. Yeah, th- I've heard that a couple of times. Huh. I'm like, all right. Um, and so like, if you, if you do look at the, the guidelines, they are really strict and they are they're decent enough for you to be like, yeah, that's safe enough for us to go back to work. And we just kind of have to be respectful of each other's. But do, so you're space. on set though, right? Yeah, I'm on set. And so when you're on set, do they have like a limited amount of people that could be on the, you yeah, know, on the site at one time? It's like, a, it's a zoning thing. So you're now, everyone's getting temperature checked, like tested once a week, temperature checks when you come in, when your call time is, and then Whoa. like you're getting different colored wristbands of, all right, you're in, allowed in the green area, which means you're allowed within 30% of talent you're in the red area you can do whatever you want but you have to wear a mask a face shield gloves uh if talent ever has you, their mask, wear, you have you, to wear the you, mask yeah. and everything well, when the other thing is when you do have talent not wearing a mask or anything like that they're completely vulnerable so it is one of those like all right when if you do need to talk to them you're six feet there's an officer there to be like uh, 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 don't get too close like a compliance officer. A compliance officer yeah is that like a position on set now it's now a new like team group like i'm sure covid it's compliance covid compliance officers is that yeah. what you do i've i've been doing that yeah <laughs> so wait, wait, do you have to go at, so wait, do you do you do this for re- regular movies not porn right um the, yeah, the social distancing it? in porn is really hard to do um, yeah. that's, that's just my sex job. life that's thankless what, job. <laughs> yeah but so how do you do this you show up on set and do you have to like do you have a clipboard and you're like you need to wear a mask and you gotta it, be six feet away uh more or less only no clipboard because that means people can touch things it's all like your qr codes and you do your ser- your questionnaire survey of like no i'm not sick no I haven't come in contact do you take temperature you take temperature and you give them their wristbands where they're allowed to stand you spray and them down with hand sanitizer we, we every like two hours we'll pull everyone off the stage and have a team go in and disinfect everything and put people back in or we'll do it by zones of like alright we've just set up the stage so before talent walks on we're spraying everything down talent goes on does a couple takes and then someone runs in gives them their mask again weird and yeah it's so fucking weird it's one of those like depending on your department or what union you respond you belong to is your attitude is really different so are there like some union guys they're just like fuck this i'm not wearing a mask you know kind of I understand. I disagree, but I do understand do you the whole... you have to use your Taekwondo and just like wrap a mask around their no, face? Well, I can't touch them. Oh. So, <laughs> so, so it's more of a verbal ass whooping. <laughs> just 
make fun of the, how their mother didn't love them that much and they start crying, put on the mask, have a PA, give them some tissues, and then they go back to doing their job. Do you have to have any kind of qualifications to be a COVID compliance officer? Yeah, there, there's a um, course that you're meant to do and complete an, an exam and then you get all the different resources of know these union guidelines, know the ACIP guidelines on how to operate and understand how viruses work. And God, such a, It's such a weird time. It, it's like to really even think strange. that that's a position that's needed. Well, what it it's yeah. I go back and forth of like it's good. First of all, happy to be working again after four months of going. How the fuck am I paying bills? Were you uh, were you getting unemployment? I did. I didn't get the full thing that the, everyone the, else yeah, got. Yeah, like the six hundred dollars um, a week yeah, or whatever. But I got enough to be like, you know, here's your twelve hundred dollars. Hope that lasts you in Los Angeles in West Hollywood <laughs> for six months. It's like thanks, yeah. Trump. Um, and I did love getting my signed letter from Trump. Oh, you got a signed letter I got letter a signed too, letter, yeah. oh, the mass printed out one. And I just, I, I was tempted to frame it. frame it? Yeah. And just like have it up on my it. wall until like, you know, have a girl over, they see Trump's signature and just lose their goddamn <laughs> mind. You're one of them. No, I'm just bald and white. It's yeah. no, that's not how that works. No, he's an orange cockwalker, that yeah. guy. You put that up there, they're going to see it and be like, yeah, you know, yeah. just dry up instantly and yeah. leave. Yeah, yeah. So Which, happens. I mean, it's better to have a reason for that happening rather than it be me. So <laughs> like, that, that, it's good to yeah. give that reason. But yeah, so it, it is a weird time to be back on sets and back working uh, simply because there's just new rules. And like a lot of the jobs I've been doing, it's also people's first job back doing it. Yeah, yeah, because it just started up. Did they say how long? Like, is it just foreseeable future? It's foreseeable future. Like, Fuck. ideally, this position isn't around in next week. We can go back to normal because the virus is dead and we're all perfectly happy and healthy. That's not fucking happening. Yeah, um, no, so, it's, it's really affected the industry here yeah. in LA. Well, um, hopefully not permanently, but... <laughs> I mean, we've already seen companies moving to other states because of... Um, restrictions. Yeah, like yeah. We, I did a travel job recently and they're like, all right, we're going to Nevada. Um, we don't need to have anyone for safety in Nevada. It's like, yeah, but you're traveling too. So technically you do have to abide by Californian guidelines. So you do need someone. Well, in Nevada, they don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I we did a three-day shoot in Nevada and I kind of wanted to walk around the strip to see what it was fucking like, right? But You didn't did, go out and check I it out? I didn't go out. I like sprayed down my hotel room and was like, I'm going to work. I'm going back to the hotel room because I'm also the COVID guy on set. No one wants to hang out with me because I spend all day <laughs> going, put on your fucking mask, you idiot. Stop being such a dumb cunt. God, Wear a COVID mask. prick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although it is fun walking up to a director and just going, mate, um, you get that close to talent again, I'll send you home. <laughs> do you get? Do you have like a megaphone that you use? <laughs> I should. I'm getting a megaphone. <laughs> 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 the COVID guy. Fuck off. <laughs> so as a dual citizen, yes. so since you're a citizen of the US and Australia, um, are you allowed to vote? Yes, uh, I will be, because I'm now a permanent resident of, like my residency was still in Australia. Uh, now I'm a resident of America. I can vote. So this is going to be the first election. Yeah. And so I assume you're going to be voting for Trump. For <laughs> I just I'm curious to see what he'll do next. Like, as a reality TV show fan, I'm just like this is fun. What do you think of the uh, I guess our our political situation? Like from because from now outsider perspective, who did become American? Like, do you think it's just fucked? It's proper fucked. It, yeah. Like uh, the 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 electoral college 
system thing i'm like hang on so you're not really are you not a democracy then like because you guys don't get to your vote actually doesn't count you vote for someone to then vote on your behalf right yeah we have representatives have done on our uh, our behalf and what's fucked is i can understand how that worked back in what 1780 yeah or whatever but i think it we might want to we might want to revisit that again Mm. you know Uh, lifetime appointees supreme court Maybe we should look into that again. Yeah. Because, you know, back then when that was decided, people lived, what, 45 years? Yeah. People live a lot longer now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it is weird because I, I do enjoy those conversations with Americans because a lot of the time I feel like, oh, I'm going to paint in broad strokes. Uh, I feel like I know more about the system than they do. And I do love how partisan people are it's like brand yeah, loyalty yeah, i prefer lines. pepsi over coke like it's just and it's blind loyalty it's like you don't even and insane. we're gonna get to that in a second because the, the person i interviewed is a is a prime example right. of blind loyalty and voting on party lines like it i mean i we have the parliamentary system in australia obviously we we got that from the english and for me it just makes more sense because it gives you more diversity and thought and options but how does that work over there though i mean do you guys uh like do you guys vote or is it like a foster's drink off do you um, have to fight three kangaroos at so once to it, be elected it, it's a trial <laughs> uh so you do the trial by combat where you have to defeat uh two kangaroos at the same time and then Arm wrestle Russell Crowe. Arm wrestle Russell Crowe, which is actually the easier part, by the way. I don't (laughs) know if if you haven't seen him recently, he's kind of porked up. Um, (laughs) And then you have to outrun the emu, which is actually the hardest one. Because we did lose a war to the emus. So that's a whole nother story. And then at the end, you do have to out drink Mel Gibson, which is just fucking, that's the hardest one. And then you're elected prime minister. And and then you're president for life. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. It's a good, it's a a a fair system. It's a fair fair system. system. Instead of here, you know, you just spend billions of dollars and then go on Twitter and just insult your opponent. Yeah. That's kind of how it works here. So 16 year old girls are going to be running the country uh, very shortly. So do you, can you vote in both? Can you vote in Australia and the US? So yes, I can now. Um, I do absentee ballots uh, in Australia because Australia has mandatory voting. Um, Obviously, I'm not there to go vote. So I just kind of do the whole, um, you know, I'm not living in the country, don't know what the issues are, so I don't feel comfortable voting on things I don't understand. Because you're you're not educated on these people's platforms. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem. You're not voting party line. What are the parties over there? Uh, Well, we do have the sex party, which is your more libertarian party. We have the Green Party. You've got uh, Labor, which is our Democrats, I guess. you have a sex party? Yeah. So I don't know if they're still around, but they were. It was the sex party. It was our libertarian party. Oh, okay. But it's not called the sex party. No, it is called the sex party. It was was called the sex party. Um, (laughs) I don't know how much sex was actually happening. Did you vote for the sex party every time? (laughs) No, because, well, I did the first time. I was like, yeah, I want free sex all the time. And then that's not how that worked. Um, But then there's a political party there's an official political party in Australia called the sex party Th- there was I feel like I should have oh, done okay. more research right. before bringing that <laughs> <laughs> no, my understanding was they were the libertarian like you should be able to do whatever the fuck you want party okay yeah, yeah. Um, that's, that's and they just went for that's similar that, here yeah um, and then uh, there's like our Labour Party, which is kind of the version of Democrats, and then our Liberal Party, which is Tories? Republicans. Well, yeah, the Republicans would so be. So, wait, your Liberal Party it's or the liberal, Republicans? Yeah, it's, yeah, little L. Little L, big L, uh, that makes, Liberal. That, wait, wait, that makes no sense. Here, they call us the Liberals or the Democrats. 
Yeah. And the Republicans are the conservatives. Yes. But your conservatives are liberals. Yeah. Why is everything fucked up over well, there? Everything is like the, the opposite. The toilet goes the other way. <laughs> so they just went political system wise. Let's just change it up. We'll, we'll, we'll get a few people off guard. You cross a beaver with a duck. <laughs> it makes no it's sense. Poisonous and lays an egg. Yeah, it lays makes eggs. no fucking sense. <laughs> God, I, Tastes I, I delicious just, though. I don't get it. I really don't. Um, so do you guys have like weird third party candidates too, like outside of those? Yeah. The, the official parties? Yeah, there is. I, I mean, the last time I voted w- I, when I was in Australia, they had an election would have been five years ago. And I remember looking at the list of 45 different parties and candidates and just going. It's I'm, not just two. Yeah, it's not just two. I'm just like, <laughs> well, that that's, I. what is this? I don't know what that is. It's is there like, an Aboriginal party? Um, where are you going with that? <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, do you see one day an Aborigine or an Aboriginal person could be a well, prime minister? They do have representation in parliament. Just do you think obviously. they'll ever be a, an Aboriginal prime minister? I'd like to hope so. Yeah. But, I mean... <laughs> be Probably very- not. <laughs> Probably not in not Australia. Um, or are, you, are there are Australians, like if you had to compare racism in Australia versus here, who do, who's, which is a more racist country? Oh, you racist guys country? are a lot worse. <laughs> Just like you, a million you, times worse? You've done it really well. Like... <laughs> Mazel tov. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know we we are good at certain things. Yeah, you know? I yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, Australia's not perfect. We've had uh, problems, uh, but yeah, being here, especially during the last couple months, has been. Oh, it's been insane. I, I don't speak to my mother that often uh, until the last couple months. I feel like I'm getting a phone call once a week of like, "What did he say this time? Are there really riots by you? Yeah, yeah. Like, what's going on?" And then I'm like watching the news going like yeah it's not as bad as what that image is saying like there are peaceful protests let's make sure we're acknowledging both sides blah 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 but there's one of those like oh are you at the riots and i went no 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 i knew the postal service was going to be slower this time around so i just went christmas shopping early that's all i was doing i got everyone gets nikes they might not some match the shoe looting. some people call, call it, it looting. christmas shopping I, I like i'm trying to honor our lord by stealing from the rich okay i'm helping <laughs> so here i mean we have two dominant political parties yes. democrats republicans but there are other parties there's a hmm. green party there's libertarian parties and there's also I mean, they'll never win. Yeah. But there's also weird write-in candidates. And that's one of my favorite things about election time here is that's when I try to get all the interviews with, like, the fucking weirdos. Like, I got an interview with um, last election, Basiago, who's the time traveler candidate. Yeah, this year I had an interview with uh, Sharky, the vampire Republican. Yeah, just (laughs) he was a pro wrestler that ran, like, uh, like eight years ago or something. So uh, this time I read an article about this... um, this, person named Aria Demezo, or Demezzo, I think is how you say her name. Uh, she's a transgender anarchist Satanist who run, won the Republican nomination for Cheshire County Sheriff in Keene, New Hampshire. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> let, let's, let, yep. Cool. No, she's amazing. Okay. And so I looked her up and I was like, wow, this person's, this person's incredible. Like, I'm yeah. like really impressed here. And she... I mean, she did it because she has, you know, there are reasons why she wants to defund the police and reform, yeah. like, you know, the, the way police are, uh, are structured in New Hampshire. But at the same time, she's also inadvertently doing like a bit of a social commentary on people who just vote party lines without even researching your candidate. Yeah. So she ran unopposed. There was no Republican um, person running in the primary. So she just kind of wrote her name in. No one looked at it. No one looked at who she was. No one did a Google search and found out she's a transgendered anarchist Satanist. Instead, they're just like Republican. 
elected, so now she won the primary. Right. So now uh, she got 4,000 Republican votes. And so now, because it, it made national news, a lot of people are like, holy shit, that's who I voted for? But, <laughs> but now she's going against a Democrat incumbent for uh, county sheriff, so we'll see what happens. But anyway, I, I emailed her, and I was like, hey, you are, uh, you know, I'd love to chat with you on the show. Yeah. So uh, let, let's play this interview. Aria, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for being on the show. Um, I, I got to say congratulations on, uh, oh, on uh, winning the Republican nomination for Cheshire County Sheriff in Keene, New Hampshire. And I think the reason why it's so impressive is that you're a transgender anarchist Satanist who won That's the correct. Republican nomination for County Sheriff. How did this happen? <laughs> Well, I ran as a libertarian in 2018, so so I would have oh, expected so second that, time. Yes, I would have expected that most of the Republicans had some level of familiarity with me, and of course, then I had three opponents. There was the Republican candidate Earl Nelson and the Democratic incumbent Eli Rivera. Hmm. So I didn't do especially well. I did the best in New Hampshire of any libertarian running in a three-way race, but I didn't win. I, I didn't even come close to winning. But this year, for whatever reason. Earl Nelson decided that he's done. He didn't file to run for office. And because of the results of the 2018 Libertarian uh, gubernatorial election, Libertarians lost major party ballot access, which meant that if I wanted to run for sheriff as a Libertarian again, I would have to go out and collect signatures, petition, do all of that kind of stuff. Or I could just change my registration to Republican and use the political apparatus that they already have in place to serve my own ends. And so you ended up just by doing that, you ended up getting the signatures you needed, or just or no, you I didn't, didn't have even to get to, signatures. You didn't have to do it. No, all I had to do was go to Concord and pay ten dollars and fill out their form. And so you ran unopposed then for the Republican nomination. Correct. Well, wow, because great. for whatever reason, Earl Nelson didn't, and, and so, I expected. Uh, go ahead. Um, but you still have to compete in the general election against the incumbent Eli Rivera, the Democrat. Correct. Right? Okay. But still, it's it's very incredible that uh, that you're able to, I guess, run unopposed and have you know four thousand Republican votes. Yeah, that that was what surprised me most. I expected like thirty five to fifty votes. I expected most people would go in there and write in Earl Nelson, and then actually I expected most people would not vote at all in this particular race. But hey, they did. I expected to get between 35 and 50, and I expected Earl Nelson to get between 35 and 50. It, instead, the results just completely stunned me. I never well, saw it coming. But it, so in a sense, what you did was a social experiment and a commentary on our broken system. Because these well, people I don't, are, well, I mean, that's kind of what I saw it as, because these people are, are just voting party line blindly. They're not even looking to see who they're voting for. They're like, oh, Republican guy, all right. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't like viewing it as a social experiment. It was a social experiment, I suppose, or at least that's what it became. Mm -hmm. But my goal was to run for sheriff to get the message of liberty and stop the enforcement of victimless crimes out there. That that was the goal. Becoming the running for sheriff, hopefully becoming the sheriff. Those are just means to that end. So inadvertently. You ended up making a commentary on on uh, people who just vote party lines without doing any research on a candidate. Yes, that was that was accidental. I start I started excuse me I started seeing people being really mad at me, and I was like, 
this, this is stupid. Why are they mad at me? I didn't do this. They did it. They did this to themselves. And that idea, it just stayed in the back of my mind for a few days until finally I realized that, you know, this is actually pretty significant. I need to actually post about this. Well, but it is, though. I mean, if you think about it, you have people like, for example, I'm just going to use Illinois for example. Here they are just, you know, they're going to vote and they're exercising their 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 power to vote and they just vote party lines blindly. And that's why we end up having officials like Steve King, you know, racist that uh, we, we put it, we elect as a as a representative. Laura Loomer in Florida, the QAnon Islamophobe. Who's, who's a representative yeah. that they voted in. And even, I don't know if you've heard of Arthur Jones, but this guy was a former member of the American Nazi Party running Republican, uh. and they just check it off. So it's like without doing any kind of research, you're electing these like loathsome people into positions of power. Yeah, and that shouldn't be done. You know, people should research their candidates. I it's scary to see just how bad some of these people can be, but yeah. we shouldn't be surprised when so many Republicans are supporting the freaking Democrat Donald Trump and so many people are supporting the freaking neocon Joe Biden just blindly. Oh, because he's got an R next to his name or because he has a D next to his name. None of these people actually know what any of these people they're putting into positions of actual power. The these elected officials are going to be the ones ruling us, telling us yeah. what we can and can't do, telling us what we must and must not do. We need to know exactly who these people are. Ideally, we wouldn't have rulers. But right oh. now we do. We need to at least know for certain who these people are. Like and a friend of mine ran for a position as well here in Cheshire County or in a particular ward. Mm -hmm. It was a four-way race between him, someone who is very well known, a free stater, a voluntarist, and uh, just some other Republican. The friend of mine did absolutely no campaigning whatsoever. I didn't even know he was running until like two days prior to the election. So he wasn't talking about this. He wasn't making it known. And he won his four-way race. Not only did he win, he got more votes in that race than any of the other three candidates did. Oh, and he was actually running against other people. How do, how do you think that happened? I, I don't know. I wish I knew, but <laughs> it's insane. It's clear that people hire his campaign manager. Well, he didn't have one. Oh. I mean, he didn't do any campaigning. <laughs> he didn't talk about it publicly. No one went in there. I knew I went in there knowing who he was and supporting him, yeah. but I know him outside of all of this. But the vast majority of people, I think he got something like four or 500 votes. They, they could not possibly have known anything about him. Yeah. But, I mean, I but mean... yet he won. It is bizarre. So tell me about what you won and these Republicans who gave you 4,000 votes realized that they just voted for a transgender anarchist Satanist. What happened? What, like, were they shocked? Did you receive a lot of backlash? Most of the backlash that I got uh, wasn't actually delivered to me. I mean, they, they're posting, they were posting in their their county level, not the county level, their town level Republican groups that I'm not a member of, mm -hmm. or to the or to secret emails lists that I'm not part of. I'm sure they're not happy about it, but very few of them are actually coming out to say anything to me directly, either you know in person or online, because they probably realize that this really is their fault. And a lot of them, a lot of the Republicans probably do 
support me and my positions and they probably will vote for me because new hampshire is weird it's the live free or die state and it has a very strong libertarian bent already so are you saying that most of the people who uh are republican would also identify as libertarian i wouldn't go that far but i would say that a lot of the republicans here in new hampshire actually do believe in low taxes small government and gun rights Unlike the actual Republican Party, which doesn't appear to believe in either of those things, it's always growing the government, always raising taxes, always uh, eroding the Second Amendment rights. A lot of the New Hampshire Republicans are not huge fans of Donald Trump. They think the entire system is broken. What percentage of Republicans are that type of conservative, the, the leave me alone, I don't care that you're trans, just leave me the hell alone and I'll leave you alone type yeah, of conservative. Life, yeah. yeah, I don't know how many are in that category and how many are in the actual bootlicking, hardcore, right-wing category. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, But I'm so not discounting the possibility that a lot of the Republicans here in Cheshire County know, at least now, know everything there is to know about me and still support me because of my positions. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually uh, kind of amazed by that. So would you say your political identity, you're a libertarian then, right? Yes. Okay. And so you're just running Republican to utilize the existing machine. However, would you say, would you say that your political um, affiliation leans closer to the Republicans than the current Democrats right now? Well, it depends on which area we're talking about. If we're talking about taxation or gun rights, uh, then yes, I'm closer mm. to the Republicans. If we're talking about LGBT tolerance and ending police aggression, defunding the police, then I'm in line with the Democrats. Okay, so or it at is, least, it's the or at least with what the Democrats purport to be. I mean, you have their vice president, you have their presidential candidate who who's proposing this idea of, I don't remember exactly what he called it, but it has already been tried in, in at least a few cities, and all it ultimately did was grow the size of the police force. Mm. But meanwhile, the, the disarm the police, the defund the police crowd are going to vote for him because they don't know that the policies that he's talking about have been tried, and it's clearly designed to grow the police force. That's what it does. That's what it did. And it sounds like uh, the other side... You know, Trump is trying to militarize the police force. So yes. <laughs> it seemed like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. So let's talk about your fuck the police platform. And that, okay. that's and, and you've been very, you know, brash and open about this. So if you're yes, that's if all my campaign signs, yeah, fuck the police platform <laughs> is is uh, that is your campaign. So the, why run for sheriff? It almost sounds like it's like counterproductive. It's not counterproductive. What, and I wrote about this. This is my official platform that people can find at fpolice.com, EFFpolice.com. Mm -hmm. When I say fuck the police, I don't mean what the police are supposed to be. I don't mean fuck the guys out there who are trying to make the world a better place, who are investigating crimes where there are actual victims, who are, you know, going to come and protect you if your house is broken into at three o'clock in the morning. I don't mean fuck that type of thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, fuck the police as they are. Fuck the road pirates who are out there harassing people, pulling them over for victimless crimes, arresting them, kidnapping them, extorting them yeah. for crimes where there are no actual victims, who are oppressing us and telling us what we can and can't do on the basis of the state's demands when the state has no justification constitutionally or morally for those demands in the first place. Fuck those guys out there doing it. Fuck the police who are out there enforcing 
people from being able to sell loose cigarettes, which is which led to the death of Eric Gardner in New York. You know, fuck that. Fuck I've that. Police never under, I've never understood that. Like why you can't get Lucy's. Yeah. It, it made well, no sense this, to me because the government said so. Well, yeah. I don't understand. And, and we have this with we see this with the drug war, with prostitution. We see it all over the place with all of these, quote, crimes that don't actually involve victims. They're often used by police to just escalate a situation and lead to someone being killed or a prostitute getting raped in the back of a police car. We, we have to stop enforcing these victimless crimes. Fuck the police when they enforce laws against victimless crimes. But I don't mean that. I don't mean fuck the police when we're talking about actual crimes where there are victims. I want them to be that. I want them to be the fine, upstanding, honorable people that citizens turn to when they're in trouble. But that's not what they are. Just a few last night, we talked on Free Talk Live about this this mother of this 13 year old child who called 911 because her autistic 13 year old child was having a mental breakdown and she needed a mental health specialist to come out there and help. The police came out there armed and ended up shooting this night, this 13 year old kid, as he walked away from them multiple times, he survived, thankfully, Damn, but he's in where, the hospital. I don't remember the exact city, God. but it, it wasn't talked about heavily, but this just happened. And that, you know, fuck those police. No, I mean, that That's demonstrates what, the problem with the system. Yeah, that is not what the police are supposed to be. And I don't want them to be, I don't want them to be that. I want them to be people that you can turn to when you need help, but you can't turn to them because they may show up and shoot you. They may show up and kill your 13-year-old kid. So how do you think if you're elected, let's say you are elected county sheriff, how do you think you could change this? Well, the sheriff's departments here in New Hampshire don't actually do a lot of policing. There are a lot of small towns who mm -hmm. contract with the sheriff's department to get some sort of police force there at certain times and, you know, that kind of thing. And my deputies and myself, we would not enforce any laws against victimless crimes if we saw somebody smoking a pot we were just wait smoking a joint we would just wave them on if we saw yeah. them snorting cocaine it was just hey okay you're not hurting anyone i don't agree with your decision to do cocaine but you do you man or i want to be use a little tact okay go to the bathroom or something yeah or be or if they're out there you know engaging in sex work it's not you're not hurting anyone you do you doing a service if you ask me i would agree and but we don't actually have any power to keep the police from doing that. The best that we could do would be to police the police. When we see them pulling someone over, we pull over that cop and ask them why they're bothering this peaceful citizen who hasn't committed a crime. And that's what I want my deputies to do. That's what I would do as sheriff. I, I'm not going to make the deputies go out there and do that. I'm going to give them the option. But otherwise, they can just sit in the office and you know play Minecraft all day until there's an actual reported crime where there's an actual victim. Yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, I guess it depends on the, what the definition of crime is, and well, how these these the, police the officers interpret is, it. Yeah, any violation of a law is technically a crime, but it shouldn't be a crime. And I'm not going to enforce the state's whims onto people unless there's an actual victim. Yeah, I I gotta say I agree with that. So. You've demonstrated, I mean, inadvertently, obviously, accidentally, that uh, a lot of voters are ignorant about who they're voting for, and the system doesn't really, I mean, cannot compensate for this. So do you think our system is broken right now and beyond repair? Yes, and, and I would hope that most people would agree with me now. I, I think my victory proves that it's broken beyond repair because these are the informed and well-connected primary voters, right? These aren't your average voter. These people are supposed to be 
very educated about the people they're voting for. They're, and yet they weren't. They clearly weren't. Or yeah. they're a lot more tolerant than we've been giving them credit for. <laughs> One of those two statements, and the Republicans can take it whichever direction they want, but those are the two options here. They either have to admit that they they blindly voted not knowing anything about candidates that they were voting for, or they had to say, no, we we just have no objection to a, a trans state anarchist running for sheriff <laughs> yeah i wonder how they feel about the satanist part so are you well, this isn't just happening here in cheshire county this is happening all over the world now we have ignorant people who know nothing about the presidential candidates and and yep. the supreme court justices who are voting for these people who are going to rule me here in cheshire county new hampshire because they rule the entire united states the problem is so much bigger than people understand and especially with supreme court justice i mean these people are elected for life yeah, Which it I've would be never bad. understood that. It would be bad if, you know, the extent of the government was the governor. And I had ignorant voters here in New Hampshire deciding who was going to rule me. But it's so much worse than that. There's the federal government where we have ignorant voters in California, in New York, in Mississippi, mm -hmm. in Arkansas, who are voting for the person who's going to rule over me. And they're all doing it in almost complete and total ignorance, according to party lines. Yeah. No, I, I think being an informed voter is key. And, uh, you know, actually researching platforms and researching what these candidates stand for before you just blindly cast a vote. So um, tell me about, so, so you, you mentioned before that you are a Satanist and you're actually a high priestess in the Reformed Satanic Church. So how long have you been the Satanist? Uh, for a number of years. A number uh, of years. Yeah, at, at least three or four years. I mean, a Satanist is an atheist who's trying to make a, a religious freedom point, really, because we don't believe in the ex most Satanists don't believe in the existence of Satan, Satan or Lucifer or angels or any of this other nonsense. It's just a means to an end. And the end is religious freedom for everyone, not having a state sanctioned religion. That's the end. The means for that is Satanism and, you know, pushing back against Puritanism and Christianity. It, that's the now that's the satanic church not the church of satan right isn't there a discrepancy the, there are a few different ones there's also the the satanic temple i'm not entirely sure which one is responsible for doing what particular thing and and i have my own i'm i'm the high priestess of the reformed satanic church because we reject the occult nonsense we reject the ritualist nonsense and we reject the, the bootlicking nonsense. The Church of Satan fought in the Supreme Court for 501c3 status so that they didn't have to pile taxes. And then they went on to say that they proudly pay taxes. Th these people, these atheists, these supposed humanists are out there proudly paying taxes into this, into this war machine that is dropping bombs on Doctors Without Borders hospitals and weddings in Afghanistan. How can anyone proudly pay, give, pay taxes for that to happen? Yeah, no, I'm, I mean, I'm firmly opposed to that. Don't give this government any money. Yeah, it seems contradictory. Now that you've kind of garnered national attention, um, seeing the media, you're on sick and wrong. Um, are you doing any campaigning? I am doing media appearances and things like that, and I'm putting up signs as you might expect. So, I mean, to that ex to that degree, yeah, I'm doing campaigning, but I'm not currently going door to door. At the moment, everyone in Cheshire County is already probably aware of me, so I'm not sure there would actually be any benefit going door to door. If I do go door to door, it will only be to stop at houses where I see like Biden Harris signs. 
because I think I have a much better chance of pulling Democrats to vote for me than I do swaying Republicans to vote for me. That's probably a good bet. So do you have a campaign song picked out? Are you going to do like NWAs, like Fuck the Police? I do have a campaign song picked out. In fact, it's The Heart from Your Hate by the band Trivium. Oh, and, metal. Yeah. And members of the band have actually endorsed me. So <laughs> that's yeah. that is kind of rad. Well, I heard I mean, I heard you're in a metal band uh, called the FUD. Yeah, uh, but it's a cryptocurrency term. It, it stands for fear, uncertainty and doubt. Uh, it, I, I don't know if we're if we're really in a band or not. You know, there was this festival coming up and we wanted there to be live music. So we were like, OK, well, all of us are musicians. Let's let's do a show there. And we had like five weeks to prepare for it. And none of us had ever played together before. Most of us hadn't played in a rock band in three or four years. So I, I don't know if I would say that I'm still in a metal band. I'm still making music and I'm still engaged in a number of projects. But I don't know if FUD is the is really the project that I'm in. All right. Yeah, I saw I saw you guys do like a cover of War Pigs or something. Yeah, it, it was not good. But I mean, for for what it was, with five weeks of practice and with uh, most of the members not having the equipment necessary to play an outside live show, it it came out decently. Yeah, didn't sound that bad. Well, uh, Aria, it's been great having you on the show. Thanks for chatting with me, and best of luck with the campaign. If Thank I lived so in New Hampshire, I would be voting for you. <laughs> Thanks. That's good enough. Um, people, you can learn more about Aria and uh, her Fuck the Police platform at Aria for the numeral four sheriff.com. And uh, your Twitter is at Aria uh, D I M E Z Z O. It's at Aria underscore D I M E Z Z O. Underscore. D I M E Z Z O. All right. But they well, can find a link to it on my campaign site. That, that would be the easiest way. Okay, great. All right, Aria, thanks a lot for being on the show. It's been fun chatting with you. Thanks for having me. So do you think uh, Aria has a chance to win over there? I think, I think once Republicans realize that uh, I voted for a transgender anarchist Satanist, I don't know if they're going to vote for her in the... Uh, I wonder if they're going to still vote party line <laughs> on November 3rd. But then they, they'll have to concede the point that they voted for a Democrat, though. Well, the Democrats have won every year. I mean, he's an incumbent. And yeah. So, I mean, I wonder if they're just going to be like... I bet you they just won't fill it in. There might be some, though. I mean, there might be some, uh, you know, a lot of liber libertarians can sometimes be Republican light. I've this noticed. is true. Yes. You know, where they're like, you know, like uh, Aria believes that people should be walking around with guns, you know, like she's a gun owner and she feels like people should be able to have open carry permits and everything. So it's like some libertarian ideals align with uh, Republicans. So yeah. who knows? You can see. What about uh, what about the uh, the Trump versus Biden? What do you think? If you were, if you were to put money on this, the presidential <laughs> election, November third, if we're gonna bet, all right, let's bet fucking a case of Fosters. Case of Fosters. All right. Well, now that the stakes are serious, um, I'm going with Biden will win. Um, it's just a matter of who... peaceful transition. Yeah, peaceful transition, <laughs> and if we accept the results. Yeah, I don't know. Because the groundwork has been laid for mail ballots to not count, like traditionally. I know, he's already like put like, that into question yeah. and like had people question like the validity of mail-in exactly. ballots and things like that. Exactly. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to the debates on Tuesday. Mm. I, I hope Biden gets all like Kirk Douglas tough guy with him. But I'd love knows? to see that. <laughs> well, I, Biden used to be like Mr. I'm from Scranton, Pennsylvania, blue collar tough guy. Sure, but now like he's like eighty. Years ago. Yeah, now he's like eighty. So who knows? Like, I'd, I'd like to see it. I just hope that they 
prop him up because he does look like a walking corpse at the moment. And it's like, it's not the sales pitch that. Well, I think he needs, a lot of people are like, he should even be debating. Like I was, I was in an argument with Wackerly a couple of weeks ago. He's like, you shouldn't have to debate. Why? And I was like, no, I think he needs to. I think the guy needs to go out there, prove that he doesn't have dementia and yeah. like stand up to Trump. If, if anyone's going to cast a vote for him, yeah. that's what you want to see. So I, I'm looking forward to, to checking that out. Oh, yeah. I'm going to, like, design a drinking game around it and watch the debates. Like, I haven't worked out the rules yet. But... Maybe, yeah. Uh, how many times uh, you hear uh, Biden be like, where am I? <laughs> then just do a, shot. Did, do a shot. How <laughs> much of the debate did you watch? Five minutes, I think. I don't remember anything. And every time Trump, like, uses both hands to drink from his <laughs> cup of water, <laughs> it's like, then you got to do a shot of Jaeger. <laughs> oh, yay, college. Um... Stroke of Hannes. <laughs> Stroke of um, People, it's episode 758 here is Sick and Wrong. We have some news stories coming up next. We have some uh, phone calls a little later in the show. Uh, but first, here's a word about our Patreon page. Do you need more sick and wrong in your life? Do you need one more news story to make you feel normal? Are three phone calls barely enough to feed the raging beast of desire? Well, then it's time for you to get the help you need and become a sick and wrong patron. Sign up at patreon.com slash sickandwrong and you'll have access to exclusive Patreon-only content such as news stories, extra phone calls, and much, much more. Become a patron today and help us make a better Sick and Wrong for tomorrow. That's patreon.com slash sickandwrong. So this first story we have here uh, has to do with two Amish brothers who somehow are avoiding jail time after admitting to having sex with their younger sister. Mm. Yeah. Do you, uh, I think I've seen that porn. I, th- I, I, I thought I watched that. And, you know, I kind of figured uh, old-fashioned Amish gangbang would be your Pornhub keywords. It, it, it is. You know me too well. Um, <laughs> do the forbidden do, fruit. Do you guys have like, a, what's the equivalent of Amish people in Australia? Do you guys have those? I don't think so, no. We don't have the same religious fundamentalism that you do here. Well, like the Amish, Amish are kind of yeah. at a different level. Like they they've not only are, you know, so insanely religious, but they've also rejected modern, modern technology. technology. But, so I did hear this thing recently, that, that there's a loophole where they're not allowed to own modern technology, but they will, like, if they have it, you can rent a tractor or they will farm that way or rent power tools. Well, see, are those, a, but there's a difference between a Mennonite a Mennonite's like an Amish person who will have a microwave oven. Right. But then okay. there's the Amish uh, that Amish are like the are, hardcore right. Amish okay. that are just like, no, you got to fucking have a hoe attached to an ox. So that's how, how we plant our the, crops, you know? That's how we plant our seed unless it's our sister. <laughs> um, so how, what, how did they get away or around that charge? Oh, well, no, this is interesting. So two Amish brothers, 22-year-old Aaron Schwartz and 18-year-old Petey Schwartz, Pled guilty last week to two counts of third-degree child molestation with a child under the age of 14. Keep in mind. Yeah, 22-year-old and 18-year-old had sex with their sister who was under the age of 14. Um, so these two, Aaron and Petey, and two of their younger brothers who are under the age of 18 all engaged in sexual relations with their younger sister who was 12 at the time. Jesus Christ. So it seriously was an old-fashioned Amish gangbang. Yeah. Just the, like your keywords. I mean... 
keep it in the family, I guess. Uh, but so, hang on, that probably 200 years ago, that probably would have been a little bit acceptable age ratio. Like we've kind of evolved into the idea of adulthood and all that. So they're just keeping with their faith. I guess maybe. I mean, I don't know. I wonder if it's, do you think they like pulled the train or was it like I, more of a bukkake scene? Like how would you direct this? Right, You're in the it, industry. It, yeah, I'm in the industry. I'd probably start <laughs> off with the young vulnerable girl who's uncomfortable because dad stepped out for a little bit. And then you've got the sinister brothers who've always had who've that. been waiting. They've yeah. been waiting that yeah, forbidden fruit type thing. Mum approves, but they just have to wait for dad to leave. And then. Well, what time is like, well, what is the age of consent for Amish? Like nine, I, ten. Whenever the parents say so. What like, does it say in the Bible about that? I, I, I I'll be honest. I'm the wrong person <laughs> to ask about what it says in the Bible. So the trial was set for last Tuesday, September eighth. Um, but a plea agreement was reached between the two brothers and their legal counsel, Springfield attorney Will Worsham, and the prosecuting attorney Ben Berkstresser. Uh, the brothers received a 10-year sentence in the Missouri Department of Corrections on the first count, and a five-year DOC sentence on the second count. But they had a suspended execution of the sentence on both counts, meaning neither brother will serve any time in a state prison. Why? Because Amish lives matter. Okay? I, I forgot that. Um, <laughs> Just like my shirt says. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but so what's going to happen here is Aaron and Petey will be on probation for five years. They have to complete a Missouri sex offender treatment program. They have to complete 100 hours of community service. And they have to write an apology letter to Seymour's Amish community within 30 days. So Petey the pedophile um, <laughs> has to write a letter. It's going to turn into a short story. Um, all right. Yeah. That's so, proper so, fuck. Well, I mean, I think it's proper fuck too. And I think it's, it's, it's somewhat unfair. But they all said, but keep in mind, you know, the Amish have their own kind of jurisdiction, like their own legal your jurisprudence and their own laws that they do as well. So not only are they beholden to, you know, the laws of this country, but now they also have like the Amish community. The Amish like, community, yeah. Now you have to marry your sister and Yeah, I'm take surprised they're not her. getting a shunning over this, but apparently not. Uh, so the brothers have to also pay two hundred fifty dollars to the law enforcement restitution fund, which $250 an Amish person is kind of a lot of money. It's a lot of buttermilk you well, have to sell. Do they still earn like pennies on the dollar? Like how does that work? How's a, do they have their own economy or? I mean, I think typically what happens, I, I'm getting all this knowledge from the movie. Uh, what was that movie? Is it Witness with Harrison Ford? Did you ever see that? Oh, when, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where this Amish kid witnesses a murder and then Harrison I Ford. the Tim Allen one yeah. with all my <laughs> Was there a Tim <laughs> Allen Amish movie? Maybe it wasn't Amish, but he was again escaping from whatever him and his wife go to an Amish community and they learn their lesson about being bad New York executives and go I back. I have never seen this movie. Is it a comedy? It's a comedy. Because Witness Allen. was a drama. Uh, maybe that wasn't Amish. I'm misremembering. But anyway, you, you, you sorry. Anyway, yeah. So yeah. anyway, all of my knowledge of the Amish mostly comes from Witness. Um, but anyway, uh, in that in that show, like the uh, Amish people would go to town and they would sell like you know buttermilk and other homemade decorations and tchotchkes and things like that that they made on the farm or pigs or whatever, or eggs. And I think that's how they made the money. Right. So this is going to be 250 bucks. It's a long time, you know? Yeah. So uh, uh, the prosecutor here said that he's aware the punishment, you know, was uh, pretty light. And some people are going to be uh, rather upset about this. Mm -hmm. Because both, you know, initially, these are both adults, too. I mean, they're over 18. Mm -hmm. um, they're both charged with six felony, felony counts of statutory rape and one felony count of incest. 
And there were four of them, you know, that two of them were minors who weren't charged at all with anything. Mm-hmm. And then the, uh, the two that are adults have to do, you know, the, the community service being probation. But all of them had sexual relations with their sister. There's no question about that. But he said that uh, the prosecutor said he felt that uh, initially, like, the Amish were, like, against lawyers. But so he went out and uh, he's like, no, they need legal representation. And he, the prosecutor actually helped connect them with their attorney who has previously run all the, who represented all the Amish clients in uh, Webster County, right. in Missouri here. He's kind of like the Amish Saul Goodman. <laughs> and so speaking to him, they both talked about it and they're just like, you know, if these kids went into the state prison system, these two Amish guys, they would be eaten alive. True. You know, it'd be more life altering than a rum spring, if you think about it. I, I feel like you know, it would, yeah. And so not only are they, you know, in this situation where now they have to like, You'll go to prison, but they also are going. They're registered sex offenders for life, but they're also going to be punished by the Amish community as well. So I think they're trying to balance that. I, I I'm curious about what the Amish punishment would be. I'm wondering about that too. Like, cause if it, yeah, uh, part of me goes, that's bullshit. Obviously, I feel it's odd. I have to say this: don't rape your sister. Like that. <laughs> That's bad. You would think that would be against the Bible, isn't it? Incest against the Bible? Or in the Bible? Didn't they have laws against that or rules? Yeah, I'm sure there's a list, like 10 of them that you're meant to follow or something. I I don't know. Um, But what's their... We don't know what their punishment is. The prosecutor says that the Amish community that lives in the Seymour area of Missouri here, they don't abide by the same authority that we have. He's like, however... He's like, so it's a tough case to prosecute. And the Amish community was cooperative, but th- yet they were really upset. And they made it clear that they had already planned a punishment for all four of the boys for their actions. But it was, it's unclear. This punishment is going to be very severe, but it's unclear as to what, what it was it exactly. Be. Right. So I don't know what the Amish punishment for incest gangbang is, but it must be... All right. So you're now, the, the, you're now Amish. You're now handing out the punishment. What would, you, what would your sentence be? God, it would have to be uh, the stockades for sure. I'm sure they would use that. Yeah. Maybe, uh, I don't know, like... The guillotine? Well, I don't don't think you'd you'd kill them. (laughs) I I wasn't going killing them. (laughs) Yeah. I'm surprised they're not doing something like, I don't know, like chopping off a couple toes or something. Well, I was thinking chopping off. I wasn't going toes. Yeah, doing something. something. Well, you still need to be able to, you know, do your chores and churn butter and all that. Mm. So maybe... Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay, cool. I mean, you know what I'm surprised they don't do? Actually, now that I think about it, I'm surprised they don't do more like a scarlet letter type thing, like a brand. It's just like pervert. It's like a big P on your forehead or something. And then everybody knows like, oh, that's the guy that raped his sister. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised they don't do that. Maybe that, actually, maybe that is what they're going to do. You know, we don't know. Peace for pirate because I'm a rebel. (laughs) (laughs) So the victim here, just to make matters worse, she's 13 years old and the only way they found out is because she had a baby two weeks ago. One of the four brothers is the father of this child. Oh and God. so, I, I mean, personally, I feel like they need to go on Maury and find out who the father is. But <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> that would be the best episode of Maury ever. Um, what are the odds, though, that this baby will not be a rotundo? <laughs> it, it's, no, it, it is rotundo adjacent. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's inbred, <laughs> but they've been inbreeding for however many hundreds of years at this point anyway. And it could be one of these it four. Could have one of the yeah. Four, like, I mean, this is like, 
generations of inbreeding to yeah. lead to this moment. Oh, God. Why did you make my day so much worse? <laughs> They're going to give birth to like Amish Quato or something. <laughs> So, yeah, the crimes came out on June 6th when, uh, during a course of investigation, the county sheriff discovered that the victim, who just turned 13, was pregnant. And, uh, yeah, a doctor, because they took her into the hospital, and the doctor was just like, you're pregnant, who's the father? And she's like, oh, one of my brothers. And so he, like, immediately called the police. Uh, she disclosed to the doctor and the police that she'd been having sexual intercourse with four of her brothers. Was this like a one incident thing or has this been going on for oh, a no, long time? Oh, no. This had been going on. Oh, like, fuck she had been, you. This Why would like you tell Amish me this? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> do you, think, you think the doctor, after you found this out, do you think he was kind of like, is this like an Amish rite of passage? Like <laughs> cum, they, sp- cum springer or something? <laughs> so I should have started my practice in California. At least then I'm only dealing with mental issues. Well, oh my you God. wouldn't know. I mean, if someone told you like, well, when Amish people are 14, we all, you know, gang rape our sisters. Would you be like, maybe they do? I don't, I mean, I wouldn't question it. <laughs> I mean, if someone told me about the Hasidic Jews in Brooklyn do the same thing, I'd be like, Maybe they do. That's, I don't want to say no. They're fucking weird. I mean, they wear their fucking hats. They don't use microwave ovens. They drive around their fucking horse and buggies. They probably do gang rape their sisters. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying it's within the realm of comprehension. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know? um, they said that they engaged in sex with their younger sister on uh, several occasions, at least as many as six times. Yeah, so it's been ongoing. So part of the plea agreement, the prosecutor, Berkshire, said the two brothers must write a letter to him that must be completed in 30 days. Both young men must write a letter to me explaining how they're going to protect their children from this happening to them. And they have 30 days to get this letter written to them. Mm. What a dick. <laughs> Got to write a letter. So what do you think they're going to say? Like how they're going to like prevent this from happening to their kids it's like in the future i will teach the younger generations of amish men engaging in ancestral gangbangs to pull out and nut in your sister's face <laughs> jesus <laughs> i mean that's gonna prevent it from happening i mean you definitely won't find out about it if she would have got if she wouldn't have gotten pregnant we wouldn't have known well, that any I'm of this say, happened just like yep. pull out and you know and then this wouldn't have happened uh, yeah, N- not the best form of contraception, but we've all had to make sacrifices, <laughs> I guess. Jesus Christ. But they will go to prison if the sex offender treatment program isn't completed a year. So Okay. So well, we'll that's, see. that's yeah. Although I w- I'm curious to see how they would survive in prison. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was wondering. Like, do you think they'd get really hard? Like, just hard Amish come people? At, like, like hard face, in- face tattoos. <laughs> face tattoos <laughs> and like... <laughs> They end, it becomes a mafia. They end up taking over the Amish well, community. I, well, I was wondering, because you know how in prison, this is why I would be fucked. There's no Jews in prison, maybe like one or two. But you know how like, you usually go there and you stick with your own kind? Like you would be a white supremacist because you're a bald white guy. Yeah, yeah. So you would just be, I, I, you know, I'd have you'd to make be that choice that. to survive. <laughs> and so like, you know, Mexicans go Mexicans, black people go black guys. What do the Amish guys do? Is there like an Amish prison gang that they can be like, we're just going to hang out with the Amish prisoners here? <laughs> I'd, I'd love to see like that, that opening sequence of them walking into the prison, everyone just going, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> yeah, anyway, um, there you go. Nice Amish story. <laughs> All right, so the second story we have here uh, was actually sent, I don't know, probably 30 people sent this story in. Okay. Very popular one. I usually, sometimes I try to avoid these ones. And I'm like, ah, oh, too many people have seen it. 
Yeah. But it's pretty funny. Oh, yeah. And so I felt like, and also I think it's kind of, uh, I don't know. I think I think you could relate to it. Um, so this was originally sent in by Stephen. Uh, I think he sent it to me over Facebook. So, um, so are you, uh, Tyler? Are you a fan of condoms? Are you a big fan of condoms? Are you like a condom guy? I mean, I own them. <laughs> <laughs> they, they sit in a drawer for probably longer than they should, but I have them. Yeah. So we we have you ever used a lambskin condom? No, I have not. Have you seen one of those? Yeah. Yeah, they have those here. I was wondering, do Aussies have like koala skin condoms? <laughs> Is that like a thing over there? It's, it's, yeah, you've got to go lo- wallaby intestines because it's a little bit thinner. Oh, it feels that, better. That's yeah, like yeah. a Durex. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I've only used a lambskin condom once. It was gross. It smelled yeah, weird. Yeah. Well, she, the girl was uh, allergic to latex. So she's like, you got to use this. I'm like, where the fuck do you get a fucking lambskin condom? Don't they ask sell those them. questions. Them. <laughs> She's like, ah, oh, from the back, I've got a bunch of sheep. Go, go, go to the Amish guy. <laughs> go to the Amish guys. <laughs> They're now making them as part of their sex offender registry thing. So this, uh, this story happened in Vietnam. Vietnam, the Vietnamese government confiscated over 300,000 recycled condoms that oh. were for sale. <laughs> oh, fuck off. So you didn't hear about this one, did you? No. <laughs> this happened in Hanoi, Vietnam. Uh, the police in Vietnam seized more than 300,000 used condoms that had been boiled, dried, and put up for sale well, in a southern province. Green. Like we're recycling, <laughs> reusing. Well, yeah, my whole thing is like, as long as they pass the smell test, I'm good. Oh. <laughs> yes, boiled g- g- and dried. <laughs> but because before I put a condom on, I smell it to <laughs> see its like, freshness. It smells like latex. Like, yeah, yeah, all right. It's still good. <laughs> if it smells like clam chowder, no, no, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm dropping it. So officers got a tip and they raided a warehouse in the southern province of Bindong on Saturday. And they found the recycled condoms in bags weighing almost 800 pounds. It's a shitload of condoms. There's footage that showed thousands of these prophylactics spilling out of the large bags on the floor. And it was unclear what, you know, who tipped the police off. But, uh, but they did get a tip from a local resident and found, you know, the, this, this illegal condom recycle Well, maybe factory. the condoms weren't being used in that way. It was for drug trafficking. Oh, maybe yeah, that's a like, good point. I don't know. I mean, God, you wouldn't want to do that. That's a country you just don't want to traffic drugs in. Yeah, I, I wouldn't imagine so. And apparently, it's also a country you don't want to buy condoms in either. Yeah, I'm bring BYO condoms. All right, go. So the yourself. police arrested a woman in connection with the operation. Um, I don't even want to pronounce her name, but she told authorities that she had received a monthly delivery from an unknown person and had been paid the equivalent of seventeen cents for every two pounds she recycled. I didn't do the math well, on this. How many people is she fucking right now? <laughs> well, <laughs> like, I just want to know. Well, I just want to know, like, who's, you know, who's this guy? Who's, you know, who's going around? Who's the condom Grinch? <laughs> like, who's going through the neighborhood picking up all the used condoms? And where, like, from the trash, from the sewer? Hotel rooms. Um, <laughs> oh, probably, yeah, yeah, probably. But hang on. How expensive are condoms, though? I mean, I don't know. Here they're like $15. Here the, yeah, yeah, here they're expensive. Like for, I'm imagining like in a Vietnam, pack. they're cheaper. Well, they're recycled. Well, they're recycled. <laughs> You're right. You beat me to it. All right, cool. But, you know, it's funny to me that this woman had a position, you know, a job, like recycling prophylactic technician. Like, that's a job in <laughs> Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it made me think of uh, 
in uh, San Francisco, you know, they have a huge Chinatown. Yep. And so a lot of... Uh, you know they're ha- different countries, right? Well, yeah, yeah. It's okay, a different country. Just, but just I'm, ju- I'm just trying to make a false equivalency yep. here. But uh, in, in San Francisco's Chinatown, a lot of like the, the Chinese people who move there, they, they, they move there first. They settle down. Then they bring their relatives in yep. from China and uh, that, that live there. And like they're, you know, elderly, like elderly grandparents who never assimilate. They never learned the language. They also... Most of them live there illegally, but they also can't get regular jobs, but they still make them work. And so it's weird in San Francisco, especially in the loin, you'd see this all the time. I'd be like coming home from an after hours party, all wasted. And you'd see like an 87 year old grandmother, Asian grandmother with a bamboo stick with two massive bags of plastic, uh, you know, plastic bottles and recyclables. And she's got the bamboo stick on her back and she's just going through trash can after trash can getting like the bags of, uh, and I'm just like, you know, I mean, she's making money for the family. Yeah. Instead of lazy fucking Americans mm-hmm. you know, on their social security, at least she's going out there making money. So I'm wondering if it's the same kind of thing. It's like if the Vietnamese make their elderly, uh, you know, their parents and uh, grandparents go out and like go collect all the condoms. They're just going around with bags, bags of used condoms. condoms. <laughs> at one stage at family dinner, it's like, just don't tell grandma what condoms are used for. Just don't tell her. We don't want her to know. Just leave it be. Different era. <clears throat> So uh, the woman told police that the condoms had been recycled through a process of boiling, drying, and reshaping them using a wooden prosthesis. So she just uses her dildo, her wooden <laughs> dildo, <laughs> just to reshape these condoms. The splinters. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think they sell these condom reshapers at Adam and Eve, people. So let's use Cubanco Diddle on <laughs> checkout. They're like shoehorns, but for yeah. your dong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a problem I have as well. If I've really got to stretch out the condoms before I put them on, like it really. <laughs> I wish I had that problem. <laughs> I don't. Uh... Um, it was not known how long that the business had been in operation or how many condoms condoms had been sold. Um, condoms are designed to be disposed of after use, after one use, a single use, and reusing them can lead to breakage, slippage, or leakage. Well, hang on, you don't like put them inside out and reuse them on the next run. Apparently you're not supposed to. Oh, damn. But have you ever have you ever tried to reuse one? Well, <laughs> yes, but with the caveat of like was still in the act, and I'm well, like, I understand. You, so you already used it once. You've used it. You never completed. took it off. You're oh, okay. still fooling around. Still doing things. But did you have things in it? Yeah, like, had you... things in it, and then I was like, <laughs> you know what? The drawers all the way over there. I'm not committing to that decision right now. I'm just going to keep going and yeah. yeah, but you've already blown your load in the used yeah. condom. Would you be worried that it's going to come off and yeah, you're going to uh, have an alcohol's a great drug. A rotundo uh, Amish child. Rotundo Amish. <laughs> <laughs> your poor sister. <laughs> my, my, oh, and she's pregnant right now as well. You can't. <laughs> you know, I, the only time I've used it is, uh, you know, you know how like you're you're drunk, you're fooling around, you put a condom on, you don't end up blowing your load because you're too wasted. Yeah. And then you see the one on the ground, and then like a couple hours later when you got a boner again, I've picked one Don't up know. off the table mm. and been like, tried to put it back on. It's not easy to use. No, it, no, it, they're, no. You, they're meant for one use. They're definitely meant for one use. Yes, yeah, yeah. this is true. Uh, but recycling condoms is not unheard of among sex workers, especially in developing countries. So it may, this is why I feel like it relates to you. <laughs> 
So do you remember, I recall I was over at Casey's house, our friend Casey's mm-hmm. house, and Tyler told us this whole story about when you went to like a sex slave market in Dubai with like your dad or something. It wasn't my dad, and, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you guys that's, were looking. That, you know, that, that's not a father-son <laughs> bonding thing in Australia. Uh, it was your uncle or yeah, grandpa. Yeah, it was my uncle. Your, 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 your pep pep. Yeah. And so you went there. Did you bring your own condoms to the, the sex slave market or did you, or the slaves <laughs> provide their own? There's so many things you've gotten wrong about that story <laughs> i just say i have a pretty good memory of, of yeah, things like that yeah, a photographic yeah. memory of stories of, of stories no so first of all there was no purchasing of people uh we didn't but you know, were at a sex slave market we, we, we did go to what we suspected may have been uh and we this is how you know you're australian by the way it's like this is is like, i think we're at a market like for people that's disgusting as we have our beers let's finish our beer and leave we're not supporting this yeah we'll finish the beer and leave the, was the fosters cheaper in dubai or? oh it was really cheap oh no, 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 bad, uh, no uh, bad. that's a lie it was more expensive because you can't have um alcohol Oh, so you had to sneak it. Yeah, 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 yeah. to sneak it in. Yeah, so yeah. what was the place? Was it like, were there people being sold? So, well, this is obviously every, I don't speak the language. So it was one of those, you're, you, we walked into this bar because it was the only place that wasn't a hotel bar that you could go into. And then what everyone knows that auction voice type thing like anyway but it's in like arabic it's in arabic so we've got no idea what's going on and we were thought we're at a club or a bar or something and then like these women all kind of get paraded out were they in chains like by their no 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 it was like in they were in lingerie and whatever like a guy (laughs) (laughs) this is too many of your fantasies are bleeding into this story mate those are my porn up keywords We're learning about each other. This is a, a, a cultural experiment. And then, so we never actually figured out like what it actually was. And then like these women would like dance for 30 seconds, but very unenthusiastically. But you know what though? I've been in this situation too in Asia because it's like, you think it's a strip club because of the type of strip clubs we're used to. Yeah. But you go in there and it's like, I guess I don't really have strip clubs. This is a bordello. Like mm. it's a whorehouse, you know, in Mexico, same way. It's like, you'll go to these places and you're like, I guess this isn't a strip club, but it's a culture difference. It you know, was a culture shock. It was really weird. And then, so they can't dance. There's like almost this auctioneer type voice that the DJ comes on. And instead of like at a strip club here, it's like, and c- coming up is candy. You know all yeah, about yeah, yeah. that. It was like this, guy auctioneer voice and then she'd walk off and then i remember going what like what's what's actually going on were there people bidding yeah, like so, wearing like uh you know kafias and being like <laughs> um and but we we would talk i was there with a mate of mine uh not my dad um and he we were like kind of talking to each other of what the fuck is actually going on because that was where our minds went we're like i would have thought strip club like and going in there, but then if after seeing an auctioneer, <laughs> then I would have thought, okay, maybe this isn't like a, a brothel. Maybe like we had no idea. And this guy in very bad English goes like, "Girl, mine." We're like, mm, "What does that mean?" He's like, "Hat," and because he, he was wearing a hat, he's like, "Hat, mine, girl, mine," and we're like, "Oh." What does that mean? What does that mean? And just like, we couldn't communicate. So we just kind of went, all right, we're leaving. Finishing my fosters. Yeah, finishing the fosters, going home. And then like, as we're back at, you know, we continue drinking, obviously we're back at his house, drinking like fish, making inappropriate jokes as a way to deal with whatever the fuck we just saw. (laughs) His girlfriend, who we've now woken up at four o'clock in the morning, drunk out of our skulls, like walks out and just goes, you did what? 
where were you? And we're now telling the the story as we're exaggerating of like, yeah, and then there was, this like, woman come out. And this is Keisha, yeah, this is Keisha. Nigerian <laughs> sex slave that we bought. <laughs> but so she walked out at the conversation of like, well, would it have been more humane to buy a person, take them back to Australia and give them their freedom? Because then you're supporting oh, the yeah, trade yeah. market. But then like you're freeing a human being because at that stage we were drunk enough to be like, oh no, we were actually at a slave market. We, we most likely weren't. But at that stage we'd committed to the joke. <laughs> so imagine this from her perspective is she's like, all right, Tyler's in town. I know they're going to go out and drink and be an idiot. Walk, gets woken up in the middle of the night, walks out and is like, oh, my boyfriend, now husband, is on the couch drinking talking about buying and trading people tyler is the worst influence <laughs> of all time and the, the argument wasn't about whether the morality of supporting slave trade it was do you check her as luggage or, or do you have to buy a ticket for her to get her back to australia <laughs> did you at least inquire about how much it cost well, it was said we had no like, oh, like you we, couldn't we, understand we, we couldn't yeah. understand a thing and like these are jokes obviously but then we were like very uncomfortable and like oh, we, well, we've fuck got yeah to, I, would, know, I think what's it, what's it dawned on me like where the fuck i was i would be like yeah. i'm going to get a creep out but, yeah. very quietly and just get the fuck out of here but, but just for listeners knowledge i am a terrible person but i'm not that terrible <laughs> but we like were joking about it for like an hour and a half back at the house drunk as shit and i do remember like having the argument of like no you'd have to buy her a seat on the plane to take her back to australia and i'll say it was me so he looks better me uh going like no it's luggage it's property you check it underneath the plane and that's when the girlfriend walks in and he's just like get the fuck out <laughs> like you are not welcome here you're the worst human being on the planet. Yeah, I'm sure your mates' wives just love you. Yeah, yeah no, they really do. So uh, uh, Juliet Richter's here, a sexual health expert and honorary professor at the University of New South Wales. Mm -hmm. uh, I bet you have a lot of sheepskin condoms there. Um, it's actually using live sheep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she said, it's not impossible to wash a condom, but it's never happened to my knowledge on an industrial scale before. <laughs> Uh, she said it'd be difficult to recycle without equipment to like roll up and repackage the condoms to pass them off as new. So it was unclear what these boiled condoms, like how they're being sold. It made me think, do you think they are repackaging them and putting them into like packaging? Or do you think these street kids, these Vietnamese street kids are just selling them as Lucy's? You know, like <laughs> single cigarettes. <laughs> he just opens up a coat. There's just a bunch, just of a bunch of condoms. Just condoms. Like <laughs> Walking up certain people going, I've got extra small, extra large, magnum, magnum. I'd be like, uh, same, same, but different. Yeah. Um, I'd be trying to barter with them. <laughs> well, that or the reuse purposes are like, you know how you get the sodas in um, like garbage bags or whatever? Oh, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's, they use them for different reasons of like, oh, no, that's how you get your Coke. And I, Coke I in both sense of yeah. the word. Um, I would like to think they're at least trying to pass these off as is like, is you know, fresh condoms. But, yeah. <laughs> but who knows? It's Vietnam. I think the uh, the lesson learned, the takeaway here is when you're in an underdeveloped country, just stick with the brand names like Trojan, Magnum, <laughs> Durex. Like, and I wouldn't go for the off-brand condoms there. And double check the spelling. <laughs> I'm surprised they're not made from like corpses or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck.
<laughs> on that note, uh, people, send your stories to gmail.com. We have some phone calls coming up next. 323-522-4032 is that number. But first, here's a word from Adam and Eve. Hey, kids, do you like sex toys? Yeah! Then go to adamandeve.com and make a purchase using coupon code DIDDLE. You'll get 50% off your first item, three free adult DVDs, free shipping, and a gift so sensual I can't even mention it on this podcast about murder and bukkake. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, adamandeve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's DIDDLE, D-I-D-D-L-E, like your uncle used to do to you. So we got a few phone calls to get to, 323-522-4032 is that number. We've been getting some good calls lately, so uh, people keep it up. Um, and also, I mean, if you, wanna, if you don't want to call, you can send us an MP3. You can send it via Facebook. You can just send it to, uh, to our Gmail. Uh, the first call we have here is from a British guy who, uh, who knew someone who had LD. Have you heard that term? Long dick. <laughs> <laughs> now, I remember I had a... Um, an ex's like grandmother used to be like, oh, he's got LD. I'm like, what does LD mean? Learning disabilities. Oh, that's why <laughs> I, I went l- to Long Dick. Oh, I've yeah. got one. That, that's what that is. Yeah, that's your LD. Adrian <laughs> Harrison. Uh, hope you're doing well. Um, thought I'd call in with a little story um, about a, a guy I knew when I was a kid. Um, this guy had uh, learning disabilities. I won't use the word that you guys use because uh, I'd probably lose my job. But um, what? Rotundo is not a bad word. Rotundo is a made-up word. It's All a words fake word. are made up. Yeah, um, it's a fake word. It doesn't mean anything. And he hasn't said what he does, so why would he lose his job? Yeah. Well. Uh, anyway, he, he was a, a strange, a strange kid. I didn't really understand it at the time, but. Um, he, he, he used to do strange things like his way of saying hello would he, he just used to run up to you and punch you in the stomach and, uh, and that was his way of sort of greeting you I was in scouts with him um, mm. don't know if you have scouts in America but um, I was in scouts with him and he... do you guys have scouts in Australia boy scouts yeah I, th- I think they do I think my brother did it actually you know a uh, funny story which I might have said in the podcast before but um, I was before I moved like I think I was like what are, what are you like cub scouts before boy scouts I'll when believe you're a kid. you. Yeah. So before I moved to South Africa, like in the 80s or like early 80s, I was a Cub Scout. And I was into it because you can go out and you go camping and shit and like you do all that stuff. We moved to South Africa and I was like, I want to be a Boy Scout. And we show up and there's just like no Jews are allowed. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, South Africa is it known for its tolerance and acceptance? I just remember my mom's just like, we're leaving. I was just like, I don't get it. Why? She's like, you don't want to be with these people. <laughs> I don't want to explain it to a child. Yeah. I was like, okay. Jesus I guess Christ. I'm not a Boy Scout. She just run up and punch you in the stomach and then run away. Um, uh, I, just, I just thought he was a knobhead. But it, it... I wonder if he still does that as an adult. <laughs> Probably at the pub, I bet you people would love it. (laughs) Everyone's like, he's got a big house and a big garden, so I used to hang around with him so I could um, go to his big garden. Anyway, we went to the swimming pool once in in the town I was in, and um, we were in the swimming pool, and um, he, you know, was hanging out. It was like 13, maybe 14, I don't know, maybe 12, I don't know, like the age when you're like a bit self-conscious and you're concerned about what girls think of you and stuff. And we're in the swimming pool, me and my mate, and we were just like, you know, swimming around, trying to talk to girls, probably failing. 
and uh, this. <laughs> Did you guys have community pools yeah. in, uh, that you just hang out at? Yeah, well, it was for you, the pools. <laughs> well, you were on the, but you had the, an ocean now, yeah, right? Yeah, like you're yeah. on the coast. Yeah, and hang out at beaches. It blows my mind when I when people tell me they don't know how to swim or they've never swum before. Because we grow up on the beach out swimming. Everyone's got like everyone will have like access to a pool or if it's community or their own or whatever so it blows my mind when people go i don't know how to swim i'm like well how do you surf they're like well i can't swim i'm like i don't understand i mean i knew my parents had uh, taught us how to swim at an early age plus in like south africa we had a pool and all that but my father never learned to swim really never learned to swim he's really uncomfortable the rabbi did not like water <laughs> he was like he wasn't into it <laughs> he would hang out like in a hot tub or something but he would never swim in that like he never learned yeah okay yeah, that's weird the um the lab with the learning disabilities he uh he swum underneath me like jaws or something he swum underneath me and and basically like r ripped my swimming shorts in half like completely um just completely obliterated them basically uh and then just swam off it's like this little rape this rotundo rapist <laughs> rips his fucking uh swim trunks just apart jesus what the shit? uh laughing and i was in the middle of the swimming pool so um the only I, I just could I could I just panicked didn't know what to do I had to like run out uh, oh my yeah I mean at that point you're naked <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would be uh, mortifying I mean, it'd be terrible yeah you know yeah I just like just run out of the leg out of the swimming pool and like you know get into the changing rooms and then just stand there like you know. Willie was flying around, like, looking, covering myself, trying not to, uh, you know, show too much of myself to all the girls in the swimming pool. And, uh, yeah, and then, then my, my mate followed me in. Thankfully, he saw what happened, and he, he followed me in. He, um, That's not a good mate. He had to go and get a pair of swimming shorts from Lost Property, and they were, like, these, like, tiny red swimming shorts that were, like, probably for a nine-year-old, and I had to go back into the swimming pool with, with them on. And um, where, where were his parents? Like, are his parents not around? Like, I mean, we, we, should your mom go like deal with this? And this is back in the day. Parents were off doing other oh, yeah, things. Yeah, like, they're out drinking. Yeah, drinking highballs. Yeah, uh, the, the the guy who did it was just swimming around like nothing happened, and I just fucking I hated that guy after that. But um, when I got older, I learned it wasn't his fault. But um, yeah, it was mortifying at no, the time. No, it's still his fault. It's still his fault. He's still a cunt. Share that with you. Um, yeah, hope you're good. Yeah, would you have gotten revenge? I don't even care if he's a rotundo. I would have gotten revenge on that kid. I, yeah, I feel like you would have. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't understand. Like, he doesn't mention the the LD. So, what was he? Just a bit of an asshole? Like, well, I think he had learning disabilities. Sure, but well, that he knew that you, later. Yeah, but that doesn't let you be a cunt. Have you ever had to deal with any kind of like? Did you guys have like any rotundos in your school? Like, I don't know how I, how it works in Australia, but in the U.S., like. You know, there would be, you know, kids with, with like learning disabilities and stuff like that that would be in school, but they wouldn't be mainstream. They would have like their own area. And like in Bay City, where I grew up in the high school I grew up in, they had like an area in the boiler room that was like the special education room. <laughs> it was like downstairs in the basement away from all the other kids. <laughs> and I remember there was a kid named, I don't want to say his last name, but his first name was Tom. And anyone who's 
you know, anyone who uh, went to high school with me listens to the show, because there are some people out there that do, um, they'll remember this kid. Every time the bell rang in between classes, he would run upstairs from the basement <laughs> where he was, run through the hall, and hold the door open for everybody. Aww. So as you're walking through it, he'd be like, hello, hello, hello. Good day. And just like, he was just like a super nice guy. But, but <laughs> and you bullied him, didn't I, you? No, I never did. And uh, I was always kind of like, I felt bad for the kid because he was a super nice guy. And I, from the story went that uh, when he, he was a normal kid up until like, I think when he was like in you know, third grade or something, his, he had an abusive like either stepfather or something. And oh. they locked him in a closet. For like six days, Jesus. and he never came out normal again. Oh, no shit. But yeah, yeah, I was, and, and like that kid ended up working as like a grocer, like a grocery bagger at a at a, the Kroger. And you'd yeah. see him, you'd you know, as an adult, you'd see him later and be like, "Hey, Tom, how's it going?" He'd be like, "Hello," and just like really hard putting your groceries in the bag. Like he was just, he was a good kid. He, he was a good kid. He was a simple he lived, kid. Lived but, through something. Yeah. But I don't think he was like a rapist. I don't think he was ripping your fucking, you know, I would like, that's the thing with Tom. I don't want to say his last name, but with Tom, it was always just like, Hey, what's up, man? And I'd, I'd be nice to him. Everyone was kind of nice to him. There were a couple of kids who were bullies to him, but, um, but, but he was a nice guy. I just couldn't imagine if, if he was rapey, like, wouldn't you want to get revenge? I would do something. Like, what would you do in this situation? What someone opens the door for me and is really polite and nice. No, no, no. no I'm saying like, with this guy with a. Oh, with the, your... the dick punch. I feel like there'd be some revenge. Yeah. Like there'd be a, maybe some kind of equal and opposite reaction, right? You embarrassed me when I was a kid. I'm going to find a way to embarrass you at the high school reunion or something. Did you? Uh, did you guys have pretendos in your school? Well, the fact that I want to say no only implies <laughs> that it was me. So, <laughs> well, you guys didn't have any kids that were like special. There's no special education. I find no, that hard to believe. No, no, no. no. There's no special it, education no, in Australia. Australia is already the special education. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I was about to say. The country. The country is already special there. education. <laughs> Go live with the, the most deadly animals in the world. Have fun. Okay. Like, um, no, I mean, we had, uh, like a class and I was actually in the class of like the slow kids that were for whatever reason, like mine was dyslexic. So learn slow and they all kind of put us together, but we didn't have that obvious of a, I had to do this. I had to do this. It was more like, were oh, you with is, the, the was, norm, normal, like were you mainstream with the normal kids? Yeah, it was, <laughs> was I, yes. Thank you. They allowed me outside. Did, did in you the wear a special everything. helmet? Like no, a, uh, I had like a, a helmet, white helmet, <laughs> <laughs> white helmet. had rotundo written over the top of it. People just gave me wide berth in the corridors. It, it was perfectly fine. I don't know what you're talking about. That's normal. No, we had like a couple kids that were little bit socially inept type thing but i don't think it was as serious as what you're saying about your mate tom who'd opened the door it was like all right well this adam's just like don't weird. talk to him to he, he likes weapons let him like draw his swords and his art book they have thing. i mean that's the thing i mean there are schools for kids who are too disabled to actually go to a regular school but in uh, bay city michigan i mean we had like I mean, this one, this one girl who full on had Down syndrome couldn't even, she was in, she was a sophomore, but she couldn't even tie her shoes. Yeah. But yet she was still, I mean, cause what else are you going to do? If I, if I was her, I would be like, why am I in school? Yeah. I mean, I want to be home smoking weed, playing video games. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I wonder what ever happened to good old Tom. I doubt he listens to this show. 
but it was great. I, I mean, mean, he probably fits in with your audience, so no. I can imagine. <laughs> anyway, thank you for that uh, LD story. That was good. Uh, I got another call here from a concerned listener. There's been a few of these. Uh, hey, D. Uh, it was good to hear Harrison's voice on the message. Uh, I was wondering what what's happened to him since he hasn't been around. Uh, I think it might possibly be he, he got a feather stuck in his dick hole. Uh, I, I had no... All right, he would not want to hear this. <laughs> no, that is a dangerous thing that could happen. But feathers in dick holes. I yeah. mean, that's not what they mean when they say fucking birds. But uh... did the same thing with the sharpie. Had to have it surgically removed. Ooh. It didn't do so well. Now he has to sit down every time he pees. It. I just hope the same thing didn't happen to Harrison. I'll be back soon. Take it sleazy. All right. <laughs> I imagine, no though, I imagine that is something that's somewhat common, like people getting Sharpies, like shoved up their urethra and having to get them taken out. What are you into? We need to talk about your porn. No, I mean, people, I bet. I bet if we, because we've had emergency nurses on here talking about things that have been shoved yeah. up in people's rectums. I bet you people have shoved weird shit up their dick holes. I can't imagine ever wanting to do anything among that. Like, <laughs> well, you've heard, have you ever heard of the term sounding? No. Oh, yeah. We had this one, uh, this dominatrix on. That was her specialty cock and ball torture. And her <laughs> thing was sounding, where she would stick, it was like a, these metal tubes up your dick hole and they're uh -oh. attached to like a generator. So they're like, she would, oh, yeah, she would like electrocute your dong. Oh my God. Yeah. Now I forgot, what was her name? Mistress January, January Seraph. I think she actually committed suicide. Rest in power. But she was, uh, Oh God, the way I remember when, she, when I was interviewing her, she goes, nothing gives me more pleasure than just feeling your testicles crush against my knee. And she was so hardcore, but the sounding thing was her specialty. Like she made her own generator and she would do this. So I'm not surprised that there would be weirdos out there shoving a Sharpie up their <laughs> dick hole. Now, getting back to Harrison, I highly doubt he's shoving feathers up his dick hole. That's not something Harrison normally would do. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> but I appreciate your concern. You know, I mean, to be honest... I, I don't really know what's going on with Harrison these days. Yeah, we don't really talk all that much. He did. Um, he mentioned to me a while ago that he was thinking about moving to the UK. I think okay. he's going to get dual citizenship over there. I think you can do that when you have a relative. Like if your father or mother is born in the UK, you can get. Even though you're born in a different country, you can get dual citizenship. Can, okay. So he was talking about like he's thinking of moving there. I think he, um, I saw on Discord that he went to Croatia. Okay. Like he's in Croatia right now. So oh, he, awesome. Yeah. Okay. So I, you know, I'm. I'm I think he's like you know living his life doing his shit. So I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm thinking he's 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 doing all right. I mean, especially if he's traveling to Croatia, that's cool. Yeah. So, but yeah, I I can rest assured, I don't think he's got like a sharpie or feathers shoved up his dick hole. <laughs> but I appreciate your concern. <laughs> Cockies? What what else can we? Do? Yeah, I don't know what else you can fit in there. But yeah, yeah. Um, next call we have here is from uh, Psychopathia Sexualis, okay. talking about a wild weekend. Hey D, hi Harrison. It's um 
Psychopathia sexualis here, and I thought I would. She could do phone sex. Yeah, absolutely. Tell you with the tale of a pretty wild few days in my life a couple of weekends ago. So it starts on the Thursday night when I um, overdosed on my psychiatric medication. Oh fuck. Um, Seroquel and Zoloft, I think, is what you call them in America. Um, didn't do any damage, I just couldn't talk because I was so tired for a couple of days. Oh. And then, that's that's the Thursday. The Friday, <laughs> I have really bad chest pains on my left side, going down my arm, up to my jaw. Jesus. I panic, I call an ambulance, I go to hospital, they oh, think I have a blood clot in my lung. They give me some blood thinners, let me go home at 7 in the morning. I have to go back at half 10 for an MRI scan. No blood clot. I go straight from the hospital to go and get drunk with my friends. Jesus (laughs) Christ. As soon as she leaves the hospital, she's like, I'm getting drunk with my mates. Why not? (laughs) They've given me painkillers and blood thinners. (laughs) Alcohol's okay. And start drinking at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, Fuck. At about eight o'clock in the evening, I fell over and hurt my ankle. Didn't know how bad it was hurt. Carried on partying, carried on drinking. I mean, we've all been there. Yeah, we've done that. It's been a little while because I haven't been going out as much. But when you get those like injuries, you you wake up the next day with an injury. You're like, how the fuck did this happen? How did I sprain my ankle? I don't even recall this happening. Yep. I actually have a scar right here from where um, I was wasted. I, I just remember coming home. And I dropped my contact on the floor. I was trying to pick up my contact. And when I stood up, I hit the, the medicine cabinet mirror right in the mm. corner. Cut my eye, like cut the side of my eye open. I passed out. Woke up the next day covered in blood. Yep. And just, you know, I mean, it's like I had a headache. But I'm like, ah, whatever. I go to the kitchen making coffee. And I go to brush my teeth. And I'm like, what the fuck? Just blood all over. <laughs> just all over. Had no idea. No recollection of what happened. Jesus. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, it does. Absinthe will do that too. Did a yeah. bit of coke, bit of flirting, lots more drinking. Bit of coke, bit of flirting. Came home about one. Ended up having my friend Sam come over. Um, fucked him. Just hope his boyfriend Sebastian doesn't find out. Oh. Um, and then around three in the morning, I looked at my ankle and thought, hmm, that is suspiciously purple. Well, that's part of it too. When you uh, sustain an injury like that when you're drunk, oftentimes you're like, I don't feel it. I'm fine. Well, it's also your blood's thinner as well. And she's on blood thinners at the same time, right? So she's just bleeding everywhere internally. Well, I think she, it sounds to me like she like sprained her ankle pretty bad and just, or maybe possibly broke it and just didn't, didn't feel really, it because she's yeah. like, you know. <laughs> <clears throat> Um, didn't realize how much blood thinners would make me bruise. So I also had some yeah, pretty right big there. handprints on my ass. Um, <laughs> and just a couple little handprints on my neck. Which were Good on more you. of a concern. Yeah. Um, more power anyway, to wake you. up Sunday morning, drag myself down the stairs, have an x-ray, and I have fractured my ankle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, spot on. Um, go to hospital, get pump full of morphine and have it reset by a very attractive doctor at least they you know they have actual access to medical care care. there 
you yeah. know, it's oh, like do here, you I don't know what you would do. that to you of how you do that? Or you're okay? <laughs> Although part of me wants to know if she fucks the doctor or not. <laughs> yeah, well, there's still 15 seconds left. We'll see. Okay. I didn't mean I didn't want to kick him in the face. And that was, that was over the course of four days. Four wow. very strange days. So that was my weekend. Keep it sick and wrong, boys. Kind of reminds me of that movie Go. Do you ever see the movie Go? Go? No. Yeah, from the 90s. It's like one weekend in LA and Vegas, and it's just like the, these three people, their lives, one weekend. Right. It's, it's a good movie. It's a, okay. kind of a uh, I don't know, quintessential 90s movie. Um, but Jesus, psychopathia. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad you had fun. I yeah. Mean, it's all the things you want from a weekend, though. An injury to brag about to your friends. Uh, Doing drugs, drugs, getting drunk, getting laid, drugs, getting yeah. laid. Like, it sounds like a yeah, it sounds like a good time to me. Uh, uh, I can't. Uh, Bradley Cooper is going to star in the um, direct to DVD <laughs> version of the film. Did you end up having to get a cast? Like, do you have uh, to wear a cast for that? You set your ankle. You have to, right? I don't. You know, I don't know when or I, I, put you I in broke. The I broke my ankle. Yeah. When I was, it's like the night before prom. My, I think it was my junior year, or senior year. I like was playing basketball or something and I jumped up and I landed, cracked my ankle, fucking just the most pain I think I've, I mean, it was such a painful bone to break and I've broken a lot of bones, but I had to get a cat, a regular cast and then a walking cast for like right. six months. Uh, I've also broken my ankle, um, but I was playing ice hockey. Um, and it, Wait, they play ice hockey in Australia? Yeah, we have ice hockey. I, what? I, I was, How I was that a possible? Kid. I was a full-blown adult, right? That like Me and a group of mates were like, we're going to learn how to play ice hockey to be badasses and let's fight each other and it'll be fun because we're idiots. And we're like learning how to play. And I was the kid from Mighty Ducks who didn't know how to stop. Right, I could go really <laughs> fast, and I just crash into shit. I didn't know how to stop. So this one, we played our first game, and as I'm skating towards the rim to get the puck, I realize I don't know how to stop. So I put my foot up, right, to stop. Wait, to hit against to the hit wall? against the wall. Oh, okay. So my foot goes into the wall because I'm wearing the blades of the thing, but my ankle's there. My foot's in the wall, and then everyone else who also oh, doesn't just... know how to stop comes in. <laughs> Like, and I, I break my medial malleolus, which is the inside of your ankle. It's that bone and it uh. like broke in two. But because you're in the boot, I didn't know it. Like I noticed it hurt, but I kept playing the game. Oh, your I foot's all wrapped. Yeah. Too, so, yeah. so I'm like, I finish off playing the game and I take off the boot and my ankle immediately just goes boom. Yeah. But I was also a 19 year old at the time. So I drove home going like, yeah, my foot's really sore. It's not that bad. I had a mate who was a physio, so he comes over to my apartment. He's like, oh, you're walking on it and you're moving around. You haven't broken your ankle at all. You've just sprained it. I'm like, oh, that's good to know. Two weeks later, I'm like, no, nah, it's still really fucking sore. I should go see a Is doctor. It fractured? Yeah, I'd split it in half. I've uh, broken the bone in half. God, that must have been painful. So I, how long did you have to do a cast for? I, I didn't need the cast. They put me in a boot. Like I got really lucky that One I- One of those walking boots. Yeah. That you could, that's what like I the, had. The, too, the moon yeah. boot or whatever yeah, yeah. the fuck they call it. But yeah, like we, Robocop's boot. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm just like walking with this like gangster walk type thing. For, for how next long? Six, for like six months? Six months. Ah, it was yeah, ridiculous. It, sucks, it, sucks. it was hilarious. So, I got one more call here. Right. Um, Dudley Moore. He's a fan of the show. You know okay. Dudley Moore? Yeah. Good evening, D and Harrison. Apologize. Arthur. Remember the movie Arthur? Yes. The 80s movie? This is, uh, this is the star of Arthur. 
zing for last week's uh, misnomer, uh, referring to Harrison as Lance. What? A I remember this. Only a Garbaggio human would do that. But yeah, he made uh, up a term, Garbaggio. Am I Dudley okay. Moore? Am I Nicholas Cage? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm out of scotch. I'm out of scotch. Uh, oh, wait, what do you think? Dudley Moore or more Nicholas Cage? I'm going more Nicholas Cage. You think so? The Maybe because he's American. Yeah. yeah. Dudley Moore drank a lot of scotch, too. Mm. But I really am leaving it to the last minute. It's Saturday. It's around midnight, and you guys do the show well, today, Sunday, and I heard that you'd asked me to call in. What do I do? I leave it to the last latest. I doubt it. <laughs> Give a busy man a task, and it shall be done. Give a slacking procrastinator one opportunity to give a call, and what happens? Leaves it to the last minute. Very uh, anyway, yeah. Very um, great, great song uh the, the cold song by klaus nomi there is a weirdo if you want to oh, talk yeah, about weirdos, yeah we ended the show a while ago with klaus new klaus nomi yeah. of the uh, that uh, old uh, opera not that i'm into opera or anything like that and i do have a uh well just i mean uh a it's not a request this is not i'm not calling up a dj uh, suggestions is a request. It is a request. For all intents and purposes, it's a request. Haystack is the band. Haystack is Swedish. Uh, I don't know what you call them. Heavy, heavy, hard rock, doom, doom rock. A good band. I gotta say, when he said that, I was surprised. I was like, fuck, I haven't thought about Haystack in a long time. It's like, so they're kind of like 90s rock. I'd say mid 90s, 96, 97, but Scandinavia had a bunch of good bands during that time, like late 90s to the early 2000s. While we were doing rap metal in, in the States, Scandinavia was putting out like Turbo Negro, Backyard Babies. You, do you know any of these I bands? I have no idea what Haystack was one of these bands, uh, The Hives. There were like a bunch of really good bands. There was Glucifer. A bunch of good bands come from Scandinavia at that time. But Haystack was a band I loved back then. I actually saw them once in San Francisco, but I was surprised when he mentioned this. I was like, oh shit, I forgot about that band. I mean, if you like Mud Honey, Dinosaur Junior, Meat Puppets, some of the kind yeah, that ninety-seven. The song is called Flogged. They uh, kind of remind me of a band called Steel Pole Bathtub that was from I think Seattle during that time, but uh, same similar sound. Right. No mention of feathers, and um, <laughs> I think you like it. It's sort of of the times. If you if you can understand his his uh, has a heavy Swedish accent, but there's some uh, some good lyrics about. What's going on today? Topical. Um, all right. For so the 90s. Uh, wish I had something of interest to do. I'm sweating like a pig. But Isn't this guy weird? Day, I feel like a it's... disgusting pig, although I'm really 170 pounds and six foot. So it's really body skinny. Mass index. Is that pretty skinny know. for a six foot know. person? But like, I'm sweating. Yeah. I'm hot. Anyway. He weighs Boys, less than I do, and he's like a foot and a half taller. <laughs> All right, well, thank you there, Dudley Moore. And uh, yeah, I'm going to take you up on that. The Sick and Wrong Song of the Week, I'm going to end it with Haystack's Flogging, which is a song I hadn't thought about in, I would say, years, over a decade. 
Uh, but a good band. I actually ended up going through my music and being like, oh, fuck, Haystack. Right. Um, good band. I'm, I'm glad to know that you don't take requests, though. Like, not typically. Not typically. Not typically. Like, these are just more guidelines. But, well, sometimes, because usually people call in and they'll request the second wrong song of the week and it just sucks. Right. So we stop taking requests. But if it's a song that I actually kind of like, then we'll do it. So. Right. Uh, people can call the second wrong hotline, 323-522-4032. We did get an email that I kind of wanted to address because um, it applies to another announcement I have to make. So we got this email from Brad here. who uh, this, Actually, this email inspired me. He mm-hmm. says, hey, D, first, let me congratulate you on the longevity and consistently high quality of the Sigurong podcast. I've been enjoying since the very beginning, and I still enjoy it as much as ever. You know, this is uh, in January. It's going to be 15 years. Holy shit. Yeah, it's okay. kind of, I don't, I don't even know how I feel about that. <laughs> it's fucking weird. <laughs> I'm like ambivalent <laughs> towards it. Uh, even though you are, you are degenerate peddlers of filth, I admire the work ethic and strength of character that allows you to persevere unwavingly for years in the face of mainstream unappreciation. You're like the Ramones of the podcrafting world. <laughs> you know, I guess I, I could see that. Yeah. I could see that. That's These a, are all true things. It's a good analogy, yeah. yeah. The reason for this email is to ask you to get some goddamn decent t-shirt designs. I had to look at your Redbubble store, and I was tempted to buy one with a Sigurong Podcraft design, but I couldn't go through with it. Dude, what the fuck is up with that purple text? And that Enjoy Bukaki t-shirt tempted me too, but it didn't seem any even related to the show. So I declined. Your website is professional, and it's as polished as Meghan Markle's merciless man-meat manipulation mechanism. I like that. So why not do the same with your mediocre merch? Meant with kindness, not cuntishness, Brad. I'm, I, <laughs> so, personal note, as someone who, you know, semi-listens to the show regularly, um, I'm aware of the contradiction of terms, uh, I completely fucking agree. Yeah, no, I, like, our, you I, know, I'm right there with you, Brad. Well, you know, part of the reason, Brad, let me try to qualify this statement. Back in the day, we used to do a custom t-shirt design that was a good t-shirt that would go and work with like a, like a t-shirt printer place and I would do it and I still kind of do them for Patreon but we stopped doing it on the show years ago because it was a pain in the ass to ship them out and so we went with Cafe Press and Cafe Press kind of sucked and so we started up this Redbubble store and yeah admittedly I put very little effort into it in fact the Enjoy Bukaki <laughs> shirt was a good idea I like that shirt but yeah it doesn't have anything to do with sick and wrong but Brad your cuntishness inspired me um, yep. I ended up getting contacted by uh, T Public which is, um, they're like another kind of similar to Redbubble, but they're actually, they, what they deal is with affiliates. So you actually have a partnership and they contact me. They're like, we're going to do a partnership with Sick and Wrong and the quality is a lot better. I get paid a little bit more. The percentage is a little bit better, but the t-shirts are better right. and the designs are better. So I ended up like redesigning all the old Sick and Wrong shirts, resurrected all the old the old school designs. I even brought back the elephant shitting, which old school members remember this. And it's a coat. You can buy a coaster of the elephant shitting, <laughs> a sick and wrong elephant shitting, like the original uh, logo from like 2006. So anyway, that site j- launches tomorrow, Monday. Oh shit! Yeah, I did a lot of work on it. We put this launch together, and right now for this week, if you go to the uh, T Public store. And you can go to the site directly from, if you go to our store, sigrunpodcast.com slash store, you go to our site, click on store, you'll have links to all the T Public shirts. But you can also go to tpublic.com and search for Sick and Wrong. 
But right now you get 30% off. So typically shirts are like 20 bucks. I think right now they're like for 11 or 12 or something. Well, that's not 20%, but we'll teach you yeah. math at some point. Well, I think it's I think it's 30%. <laughs> I don't know how much. Whatever. There's a discount. There's like a promotional discount for the launch, but it's only this week. I think it only goes till Thursday. So go to cigaronpodcast.com slash click, uh, click store and then click on one of the designs to go to the uh, new T public store. Your quality is way be- better yeah. than Redbubble. I'm keeping the old Redbubble store there for like off brand designs, like the Bokaki shirt and stuff like that. But the sick and wrong merch is now going to be all T public. Yeah, so Brad, enough. thank you for the inspiration on that. And uh, yeah, the new store is pretty awesome. And I'll, I'll also be posting about it on Facebook and Twitter and all that. Best way to support the show is by becoming a Sigurong patron. We really do appreciate that. And this week we had a bunch of stuff. I did a fistful of steel, um, posted that to uh, the Patreon. We also did a whole like hours worth of outtakes with steel where he was like getting into all this detail about how he masturbates to gifts. Like he'll do like a search for a GIF. It'll be like, he'll click on images and it'll be a bunch of GIFs. And GIFs are what? Like two seconds of moving imagery? Yeah. Yeah, that's what he but masturbates it, 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 it to. Replays, so. Yeah, so he'll have like, he's like, oh, I'll look at like a hundred GIFs at one time and just find one that, that I jerk off to. I'm like, I, why not just watch a video? I. Or Pornhub or something. I don't understand. I, I, I do enjoy steel. Like I, one of my favorite parts of the show, I'm not going to lie, but what the fuck is going on? Oh, he's a weirdo. He also like, goes into detail about his COVID hair. He's growing back his mullet, but he wouldn't send me a picture. Anyway, just go to patreon.com slash sick and wrong. Um, this week we had a, um, English guy, Richard, good friend of mine. He, uh, subbed the show and we got into it. We talked about a lot of, a lot of stuff, a lot of outtakes. So patreon.com slash sick and wrong sign up today. We appreciate the, we appreciate the support. Uh, finally here, sick and wrong song of the week. Uh, thank you, Dudley Moore. We're going to end the show with, uh, the 90s Swedish rock band Haystack song flogged from their 1996 record right at you, which is a great, great, great album. Actually, I, I recommend it. Reminds me kind of in the vein of steel pole bathtub, maybe a little bit of unsane in there, but, uh, reminds me of that whole, legion of great Scandinavian rock bands. So we're going to end the show here with Haystack's Vlog. Thank you, uh, Dudley Moore, for pointing that out. And thank you, Ozzy Tyler, for co-hosting the episode, man. Thank you very much for having me back. I appreciate yeah. it. It's been good catching up with you, man. I'll have to have you on again sometime. Please do. People will be back next week with episode 759. Until then, take a sleazy.
I got a message for all you liberals out there. You want my gun, my firearm? Come take it from me. Just walk through my door, come into my home, and take it from me. With your weak, soft, liberal, girlish hands. Just try to put those hands on me. Those soft, liberal hands. Put them on me, on my body. Just slowly, gently dragging your fingers up and down my arm, giving me goosebumps.